Right, so with me now is the man of the moment, uh, Ewan McKenzie, having announced the Wallabies squad to be playing France here in uh, in June. Um, g'day, mate. How are you? Very good, thanks. Good. So um, yeah, I can hear the voice has been been taxed today. A uh, bit of a busy day. Yeah, I think it's uh, you know it's, it's been nearly seven months since we last played, so um, a lot of talk and a lot of good form by players. Some super teams have been doing you know on the whole pretty well, so. A lot of speculation, so obviously when we announce, and we put a lot of thought into it, but when you announce the squad, you've got to be able to explain it to the world too. So I've been in, the, in that process. Uh, you, you burn up your vocal cords a little bit, but um, it's, it's a good problem to have. All right, mate. So um, what was the process for squad selection? Who, who was involved, and was it a formal process? Oh, it's a formal process. You know, I'm, uh, basically I lead it. Um, myself and the, uh, the assistant coaches, and... Um, and uh, the performance coach, I mean, we gather data um, from all sorts of places, from the provinces and whatever, so we have data to look at on a week-to-week basis. Um, we went through the process of selecting, you know, first 15, second 15, third 15, and, uh, you know, across, I don't know, 12, 13 weeks. Mm-hmm. So um, um, pretty much every week we have a discussion around it, and I basically lead a lot, and uh, uh, out of that, we've come up with a squad so take out guys that are injured and uh, other guys who've made different decisions, you know, um, uh, from that we're, we end up with a squad. So do you have, you were saying in each of those weekly discussions, do you have like a, if you like, a, a first 15 that kind of evolves out of each week? And so at any one stage, if someone turned around to you and said, look, you know, what's your first 15, you could say it? Or is it, and you, you collect a lot oh, of different things? That, yeah. You could say at that point in time, but you don't... Uh, um, people don't move up and down the list on a week-to-week basis, you know. Right. Um, it's, it is about performance over time. It is about consistency. They're all attributes that we uh, value, but um, that works both ways. It might be someone that's consistently underperforming and there might be someone that's consistently performing. So mm-hmm. you expect some sort of transition, but we, we talk about it. But uh, uh, it's not a... Need, none of it's knee-jerk. It's uh, the decisions we... Came up with over a long period of time in terms of evaluation and um, and talking to provincial coaches and talking to players and going to watch training sessions and then obviously watching the games, which is everyone watches the games on the weekend, but we watch a lot more than that. We've got a lot more empirical data as well, so okay. we know a lot, lot more about the contributions. Great, and mate, so well, could you give me like an example of what some of those data sources are that you're looking at? Um, you know that people might not know about that kind of go into things. Well, you'd be surprised at the level of um, statistical data. We've got computer programs that tell us everything, basically. So, not only from a video perspective, but from a statistical point of view. Mm-hmm. So, we know uh, we know what individuals do in any given game. We know what they do, the average performance of individuals. We know what they do in comparison to each other. So, you can compare by position. and So, we can do all that. We've also got significant data which we get from GPS and, and the like, which you know, we, we get from the provinces, which will talk about you know, their work rates, you know, their average you know, their average metres they can carry and they run in a minute, and, and, and also how hard they run, um, yeah. how fast they run, 
Uh, so basically, you can look at the four, their, their force and their uh, their workload. So that'll give you about a lot better idea than work rate. Other than just saying that someone hits 25 rucks in a game, you want to see how hard they push themselves and whether they achieve top speed. If you're a winger, mm. how often they're hitting top speed, things like that. So it's a lot of performance data there, which can sit in the background and you can get an idea. We have a rough idea what a, what a test match <clears throat> performance looks like. So then you can measure players and you can measure um, groups of players and you can measure, measure, measure provinces if you want to mm-hmm. against um, that, that data. Understand, uh, the backdrop to that is that each of the provinces plays the game differently. So yeah. it's not like we're saying any of this data is the most important thing. It just feeds a... Um, a discussion, really, and then okay. from that, in the end, you're watching him play rugby. So, Matt, I know you're a keen rugby trend watcher about how the game evolves each year. I remember talking to you about this when you were running Queensland, for example, um, you know, about how referees are refing the game, how different teams are playing. Um, what part of the game has been evolving this year that you think the Wallabies are going to need to pay special attention to as opposed to last year? Yeah, well, it's not... Um yeah, some years uh, some years it's clear. This year it hasn't been as clear. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you take the top six teams in Super Rugby, you know, looking for data, looking for consistent data that says, well, those teams are the top six because of this, um, there's not as much clear-cut data um, as uh, as in the past. The, mm-hmm. the ability of um, teams to defend aggressively has been important. You know, people worry about tackle percentages. Well, tackle percentage hasn't been as important, you know, so... Even though teams miss more tackles, it's been more about the aggression and defence uh, and their ability to shut down teams and get across the advantage line, things like that. So they're subtle differences, you know. So mm. um, offloading, people talk about offloading. Well, you know, that can be a, a curse or, a, or, a, or a, a real positive, you know. That's, uh, some teams are... The, the, the <clears throat> offloading creates, off, creates turnovers. Turnovers are still a high, high source of... Well, the highest source of tries, so mm-hmm. playing off turnover ball, the ability to do that. Um, so if you create turnovers yourself, and you can do that in different ways, you can turn over scrums and line-outs, you can kick the ball away, or you can drop the ball. And mm-hmm. So when you're, when you're playing with offloading and things like that, and if you do it poorly, um, there are some teams out there that can make you pay. So those uh, teams you can play off turnovers have been significant. People have got the ability to turn um, turn defence into counter-attackers um, all that stuff's important. Okay. And with the success of the Brumbies, obviously the last couple of seasons, you know, with a pretty hard edge when they need it, is that something that you think kind of shows a bit of the way maybe for um, how, you know, an Australian team can play and perform? I think that the, um, you know, culturally, Australian teams play pretty hard on the ball in defence. So, um, you know, the, and we, you know, we've said that the open side scavenger is something that's... Um, Pretty much all the Australian teams embrace that. So, um, you know, other countries don't necessarily embrace that. So, um, but that's part of their you know, DNA, I guess. So, being hard on the ball, the uh, Brumbies are particularly good at it, and they've got you know, a number of people. But it's not unique to the number seven anymore. There's uh, every player on the team. So, the ability of every player on the team to be able to contribute there's been is a trend that's been um, changing over time. So, it's not just about the number seven. It's about everyone having the capacity to. Uh, and we've seen some really good examples from other positions. So. That's value add, you know, and that's part of how we defend in Australian rugby, and the provinces all have that as part of their DNA. Okay. So, mate, would you have chosen this squad any differently if it was the World Cup uh, this year instead of friendlies against France? Um, well, I don't see that. 
I don't think about I mean, the concept of friendlies doesn't exist in my mind. It's uh, mm. you know, we got a trophy to play for, and um, so I don't think about it as a friendly at all. I think um, every time we run out there, we're going to be judged, and um, we want to be um, judged favourably. We need to cons- win consistently, you know. And um, sometimes you've got to find ways to win, but um, I think we started to be more consistent in the last year. The challenge is now to pick that up and continue on. So mm-hmm. um, you know, we don't want to have excuses about that, but it's not. Into the World Cup, well, the World Cup's you know when you get to the World Cup. So um, you know we'd go through the same process 100%. We'd have to look at the uh, the World Cup journey is a bit different. You got four games in you know, tight period of time, mm-hmm. and then you know the opposition you're you know, playing against Wales and England and Fiji and another team. So it's you know the opposition. You can think more about the tactical challenges. But at the moment, where um, you know, our journey is a little bit longer. We've got you know, nine of the top ten teams in the world to play in the next 14 games, so uh, 14 test matches, so we've got lots of different things we've got to cater for, plus, you know, we still have to build, we've got some, you know, second row, for instance, we've got three uncapped players, that's in response to the fact that, you know, a few of our players in the last uh, 12 months have chosen to go offshore, so we need to rebuild that area a little bit. Okay, and uh, so... Does so the fact that, for example, we're not having to front up against the All Blacks in a few weeks' time is that giving? Does that give you some space to experiment a little bit more, or I, I, you know, are you saying? Oh, I don't. Know. I don't think so. I mean, I think mm. it's a real misnomer that people are thinking this trench team's not 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 anything other than top notch, not top notch side. I I know a lot of the players. I've coached a bunch of them, and I've coached against them, a whole lot of them. And I know the quality of that side. I know the fact that they are pretty successful in uh, Six Nations this year. They're on the upward climb and um, no, they, they've, got a good, they've got good depth. So um, I don't see them as a sound and I think if uh, they were in New Zealand last time, might have been last year, they uh, you know, they, they lost 3-0 but one of the games they nearly won and the time they were in New Zealand before that, they actually won a test in New Zealand. So you know, the touring French team that plays three tests, pretty hard to handle. I played in the last three test series against them in uh, 90. We won it 2-1, you know, but it was tough, um, tough across that series. And we lost the third test. You know, the one in Brisbane, we, we won 37-31 or something like that. And like, you know, they're a tough side to play. And um, um, so, you know, I don't see anything other than getting through this the series in good shape is going to help us from a, uh, hopefully from a confidence point of view and set us up to play. Yeah, the hard rugby will play will set us up to play the next test, which will be the All Blacks. Okay, mate. And then, so you've delayed the captaincy announcement. Uh, what's behind that? Well, I haven't really delayed it. We haven't announced the team. We just picked a squad. So, um, you know, I don't. You know, when you pick the team, then you work with who the captain is. You know, and that's obviously yeah, you're going to the captain's going to be guy you think is going to be in the team. So, um, uh, consistently. So that's something we're conscious of. But at this point in time. Um, we don't need to rush that. There's still two rounds of Super Rugby to go yet, so there's no point in trying to do everything right now. We've announced the squad and allows people to get organised, um, to get their minds uh, thinking about what they're going to be doing in June and um, allows us to get organised logistically. Uh, but um, as soon as we get into camp, we'll get on with the business of announcing uh, announcing leadership and uh, all financial so, so, mate, uh, with Ben... Moen moving on, I guess that gives you the, you know, frees up your guys' opportunity there um, as far as who you might choose. Um, 
do you think you, will you guys be looking to go forward and maybe try new pastures or is it maybe going back to more experience what's your kind of feel for how that might evolve oh i think it's uh i don't know it's as simple as that i mean I, bottom line is i think there's a lot of players in the squad that can lead um mm. to identify a leader to for the sake of um um funneling that into the appropriate sort of communication lines but um you know, the breadth of people that can lead in the team is is, is you know, as much as the squad itself. Thirty-two players can be can be leading. So I think to demonstrating the right behaviours is incumbent upon everyone. And there's a lot of vice captains and captains from provincial teams and things in the squad. So you expect them to lead naturally. Mm. Uh, we have to identify someone that's figurehead. So uh, someone that I can work with and uh, someone that we think's got the you know the core attributes to. Uh, um, take the team forward so um, that could be going back or it could be choosing someone new yeah, we'll, we'll work it out in the next couple of weeks okay um, so looking back now which positions or which areas were easier and which ones did you have to scratch the head over a, a bit more no, I think you can see from the you know the way we picked the extra four too there's a second row is an area that we want to invest in and that's as much about Things like well, subtle things like line and calling things like that. There's, there's progress we need to make there. I think um, um, you know, with a bunch of injuries at the moment, uh, wing is an area that we're obviously looking to uh, to work on. Tighted props, uh, you know, is a is a uh, still a challenge in Australian rugby, which we're working on. But uh, there's a bunch of options at loose head uh, hooker. We've seen some obviously Nathan Charles coming as a new face. Um, Back row is pretty competitive. You know, um, the rest of the positions, all the backs are, are versatile. They all can play a couple of positions. So, um, you know, we're in, I think we're in pretty good shape across the board. There's a couple of areas where, where I don't think it affects us at the moment. We need to continue to work with the provinces and, uh, and develop a bit more depth. All right. So, mate, I was just going to go into a quick fire round now, and um, then you can rest your voice, um, or go into the next interview as it probably is for the rest of the day, I would imagine. Um, um, all right, mate. Quick fire round. Hodjo over Gill. Was it clear cut? I think Gill's been injured for like seven games, so um, Hodgson's been in uh, remarkably remarkable form and very consistent and uh, dominant. He's got dominant dominant statistics in all the key things you expect from a seven and. Uh, so he's definitely in form. Uh, Hooper's been in form and, and Gill's been largely injured of late. So he's making a comeback through club rugby and um, that doesn't make him out of it. It just seems at the moment we need to get on with business. Okay. Mate, um, you've, of the two tens you've got listed in the in the sheet, only one of them is actually playing there. Does that mean we're going to see Bernard Foley getting a shot? No, I don't think that um, how we see them both as... Uh, both those guys as playing the game is how we want to play it. So both of them, we think, can contribute. Bernard Foley was with us on tour, so he's had, I guess, a better observation of that. But I've met with Kirtley, um last week, and uh, and I've described how he want to go about it. Um, I've obviously coached Kirtley, uh for a number of years back in, in the old days as a 10 in the Warriors, so I'm quite, quite aware of what he's capable of. So, uh, um, you know, the fact that he's not playing a 10 for his province is a function of how the province is running it, I've got no problem with that at all. You know, um, each of the provinces has their own right to determine where they use players. And you got to remember the provinces are restricted by the fact that they've got finite squads. I don't have the same restriction, but that doesn't mean we have to all agree about who's what the best position is. 
half and half the player and um, you know, and try and uh, try and understand that. But when you're playing provincial rugby, you, you have to make sacrifices on behalf of the team. The uh, national level is a representative team, so it's a slightly different scenario. Okay. And is that the same reason why, even though Tamu has been playing 10 all season for the Brumbies, you guys have got him down as a centre? Well, we again, same same principle. When Brumbies see him, he suits how they want to play the game. Mm. We played Tamu at 12, and we we're, were happy with the progress we made uh, there. So the fact that he can play those positions is a good thing from his point of view. But, um, you know, we're not... Um, Brumbies play how they see fit. We're not trying to replicate their style specifically, so um, we've got different ideas about how we want to go it, so, so that means that players lining up in different positions, but the fact that they can play different positions is a measure of the class of the individuals, and um, as I say, all of those backs, uh, the halfbacks, can play a couple of positions, so that gives us great uh, great opportunity to play how we want to play, but also gives us great tactical flexibility. All right. Um, and Facebook asks, why no Mitching Inman? Well, Mitch is a guy that we've um, we uh, you know, we've watched, and he's had, a, he's had a good season. There's a whole bunch of guys who've had mm. good seasons. We just can't pick everyone, you know. So um, uh, we think he's been influential. Again, we've got a we've got a uh, strong thoughts about how we want to play, and um, we think we've picked the uh, we've picked players that are that are in form, the players that can deliver what we want. That doesn't mean he he can't be in that picture. But at the moment, we've picked the players we think are, are going to most likely give us that outcome. Okay. Uh, five specialist locks is a lot. You've touched on that. Is the form of Simmons and Horwell with the Reds, is that a factor there that, you know, we need a bit more cover? Form's a factor always. You know, performance mm. is key for those guys to, to deliver. You know, the Reds' situation is, you know, it's been publicised and it's been difficult for the individuals and um, and that's, you know, the Reds haven't got as big a representation as a result. Um, you know, the the amount of guys who are either putting their name up hasn't been as many, but they yeah, they're still good players, so we'll we'll have a look at that. But um, our yeah, form is king in the end. We're going to get the outcome. Mm. You got three three uncapped guys there, so you can't expect them to have all the answers. But the fact that they're there uh, means that we we think that they've got great potential. And um, some of those guys aren't they're not rookies. You know, they've been doing good things in Super Rugby, and in Super Rugby you get to play against. The all black of uh, opponents, and you get to play against the Springbok mm. opponents week in, week out. And they've been, these guys have been doing Luke Jones and Sam Carter have been doing this for a few years now. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm confident they feel ready to step up. So, um, and then it'll be the, the guys that can do the, the specific things. And there's a lot of detail around second row, there's line out calling, there's a lot of things in there, uh, line out defence, there's a lot of things, wall defence, a lot of things that go into being a second row, your scrummaging ability, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, there's jumping in the line out, but there's all those other bits and pieces too. So, and your work rate and your tackling abilities, almost in ball carry. A lot of components to go into the selection mix for uh, second rounds. They've got a big role on the team, catching kickoffs, etc. So it goes on and on. So, yep. out of all that, we'll assess the the guys who got the are in form, and also the guys that are going to give us the best outcome. All right, mate. And finally, who's not listed but could make a com- comeback during this series? Like, is this squad sealed off or are there some guys who are maybe injured or no, you're looking at? Never sealed off. I've had discussions with, you know, the Ben Robinsons and the Dave Dennis's and the Liam Gills and the guys that have been at the level before who, are, who um, you know, they've got super rugby games to play and we'll continue to watch that for form reasons. And there's a whole bunch of other guys knocking on the door and, 
you know, your Cottrells and your Adam Coleman's and um, you know the list goes on about guys around the fringes who are Toby Smith. There's a whole bunch of them that's done good things, and and that doesn't mean that's not even counting some of the Reds guys that have been at that level. Your Jake Schatzes and Mike Harris's and and then you got the injured guys, your Sorteers and and Joe Tamanis and Peter Beatham's and Luke um, Burgesses and Kyle Godwin's. They're all going to be back at some point, so. Yeah, there's plenty of guys that they're not going to close the door on anyone. It's just a matter of um, guys at the moment getting opportunity. So in the box seat to do something about it, they've got to make make sure they make the most of the opportunity. Okay, mate. And uh, last one, who's the captain? I'll tell you in a couple of weeks, 1st of June. 2nd <laughs> of June, it's Monday the 2nd of June, we'll be announcing that. Damn, okay. Yeah, you're not worn down enough yet to let one of those slip. Um, no. <laughs> all right, mate. Well, look, thanks for the time um, and for talking through to us, and uh, we look forward to seeing how the guys go. Okay, no worries, mate. Thanks, Take mate. Bye. Yeah, right there, right there.